Hi there and thanks for joining us. Coming up on this episode, the cosmetics plant that's been reborn on Cork's north side, what businesses can do to really go green, and after 10 successful years, we ask where next for the Ignite programme at UCC. I'm Jonathan Healy and this is Red Business. Red Business. Cork's exclusive business podcast. Now, a Cork-based company has launched a new luxury skincare range, no less, specifically designed for mature skins, like mine. Uh, Linus Life, which has an office at the Kilbarry Business Park, has teamed up with Rani Dabray, who's based in Limerick on the range. It's called Naira Beauty. And to tell me a little bit more about it is Aidan Corcoran, who is the CEO of Linus Life. Aidan, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good, Jonathan. Thank you for having me on uh, on the show today. So it's um, it's it's a pleasure. No, it's lovely to talk to you. Now, how did you manage to fall into uh, the idea of luxury skincare? Well, it's a long story, but just to kind of keep it brief and short, you know, my my background is I'm actually, would you believe, I'm a mechanical engineer. So as far from as far from beauty as far from beauty as you can get. Well, I mean, obviously, and, uh, the, the entire conversation around the site would have focused on skincare. I'm guessing. Yes, absolutely. Well, what you call, we uh, we acquired the old Yves Rocher plant here in Kilbarry up in, in Black in in, in Blackpool and. Um, and for the last three to four years, we've been building an operation here where we do over 60 to 70 percent of kind of the Irish brand owned skincare uh, and tanning and uh, sunless tanning uh, brands. And we were a contract manufacturer, so we work a lot with private label brands and those that you see in, in supermarkets and, uh, you know, yellow labels, etc. our own labels, I should say. So over the last number of years, however, we said, look, we have a lot of formulation expertise, a lot of goods what I call skills in the area. We know what the market is doing. We know what people need and want. And also we have a kind of a passion for it in the sense of um, uh, we have a passion for kind of bringing stuff and creating here in, in Blackpool. And uh, the team, actually, the formulations team is is based here. There's eight of them based here in, um, in, in Blackpool. So they came to me about a year ago, and this was in the height of the pandemic, with kind of thoughts and ideas about you know, something that we could really add value about. That's what the company's for. We're trying to just add to be how people feel, look and live. And we said, look, a really nice luxury skincare, not necessarily luxury, but just high end, bringing it together, kind of some of the, what I call nicest raw materials that we could get that yeah. basically can add, add to your kind of skin, add to your kind of the way you look and feel and hydrate you. And actually, add to, as we get a million older, Jonathan, I'm told, and now I'm not the doctor, I'm the engineer, but I suppose as an engineer, I can understand the mechanics of it. Is that when we get older, our cells and our skin, etc. Just look, it takes longer to recover. Uh, that's yeah. both male and female, and you know the cells don't bounce back as well, tell, and no, etc. Uh, so you, tell the cross feet around my eyes all about it. Uh, I, I keep, every time I see myself smiling these days, I go, "What's after happening to the side of your face there? You look like you're uh, that's, melting." That's uh, that's grown uh, that's grown uh, old gracefully. Well, yes. you see, Johnson, so you I'm, know so, I mean? so and, I'm uh, told. Yeah. Tell me how you met Rani Debray yeah. and and what Rani brought to the project. So, Randy, you know, look, and as, as for that, you know, we, you know, it's fine us having a bunch of scientists and engineers and technical people here that know what's good and what's what are the raw materials to use and understand that. But understanding the key demographic of who's and what are out there to, to really kind of that have needs and wants and have a passion for for stuff like this and in the sense like or products like this with regards to it and that's really where Randy come in. Randy and I are both uh, entrepreneurial in a sense. I own a number of businesses. This is the one I run full time day to day. But I would have met Randy 
over the last number of years, she's a very successful uh, businesswoman, very successful entrepreneur that has started and, and moved a number of businesses and has a clothing range out of the UK. Rennie and I would have met, uh, you know, many, many, many times and discussed maybe projects that we'd like to do together. She's a passion for what I would call brands and stuff that can add value to how people feel as well. And that, and so she felt there was a demographic, a, a group of people in the kind of what I would call the this where we're, we're beginning to get that bit in older, I suppose, the 40 plus kind of category. And what, what's happening is the beauty care and cosmetics is very much focused on, you know, trying to, you know, look as young as possible. And she felt, well, look, that's not necessarily doesn't have to be the case. We can be beautiful. We can be beautiful and we can age beautifully and we can we add more. We bring a lot more as we okay. get as we get more mature. And, and so can, the, can I ask so, a question? So the, is, is it male so, and female target market here or is it, it exclusively right, female? Right, right, right now, it's not exclusively female, but, but we are targeting the female market in the sense that the products are designed for, for the female audience. However, you know, we've got retinoids and hyaluronic acids. All of these are very famous, etc. kind of things that have been bounced around now. But we brought in quite a significant amount of what I call high-end raw material for it and I guess ultimately the surprise for me is that it's quite it's been picked up by a male audience too and um, actually you know so I mean would you believe I'm actually using it myself trying to cut down on my own coat feet I'm a big beardy guy by the way Jonathan so I doubt <laughs> to be honest with you I don't know will it be noticed before the beard but it's it's primarily targeted at what I would call okay. and when I say targeted at for the female yep. audience and for the for, for the mums out okay. there and for their kind of sisters. Aiden, you know? you're, so you're on kind of... very thin ice by targeting it at mature skins right. because the definition of whose skin is mature and whose isn't is very much up for discussion. Well, we're all mature, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I suppose I've been skating on thin ice probably since my 20s, Jonathan, you know what I mean? So I'm more than welcome to willing to have a discussion with anyone as well. That I guess ultimately as we go, remember we bring a lot of positivity with that and it's... It's there. There's something nice that if we can focus on, you know, I, I often say around here, you know, we, we did a lot, all of us, anyone that has in my generation. Now I'm, I'm 40s and going into my 50s, I guess, and stuff like that. And as I use different products, you know what I mean? There are different times as I grow and my tastes have changed, my my needs have changed and stuff like that. And I guess ultimately that's the same for both men and women of that age. And this particularly is kind of skewed at that particular okay. age group that, that can help them out and kind, I, of, I, and kind of add value to what they're I've given you, know? you a, so. a full mark there for avoiding the dirty question that I threw at your direction, right? <laughs> Aidan, what I like about this story is not just the product, which is obviously a great thing that you're getting this to market, sure. but also that you have re- repurposed a facility that probably otherwise would have gone idle, I'm guessing, uh, the Yves Rocher plant. Yeah, look, we, we would you believe we won private uh, private label uh, investment of the year last week only. Uh, we haven't hit the press with that one yet, but uh, what do you call it? It was, it was because we acquired the Yves Rocher plant. Uh, I think at the time we now have 70 people here on site in Cork. We have 40 in, in Mayo. Um, and we grew that from a base here when uh, when they wound up we went to zero obviously but we but we hired back 25 to 30 of the old the not when I I won't say older staff but the previous staff and um, and so we have a great team here in Cork I'm actually sitting here in Cork today I do three days a week here and the funny thing is is the um, irony of ironies is that we have um, Eve Rocher himself Monsieur Eve, Eve used to have a shop in Oliver Plunkett Street and um, down there down there in in town. And we're going to open up um, a pop-up shop for Naira Beauty uh, later for or later before Christmas. So it's going to be quite a nice, a nice closing of the circle to think that 
we are doing something similar to what the original uh, site founder did here, and it's um, and I'm proud. You know, I'm 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 uh, what I what I would call a, an accepted new resident of Cork right. now. So what you call it, I'm um, I'm proud to do that. You know right. what I mean, well, and I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying my time down here. Well, say, and I'm know? sure that uh, as long as Cork don't ever play Mayo in the All-Ireland final, which is unlikely at the moment, let's face it, you'll, get, you'll continue to get away with that. People... Well, they might, they, might get, they might enjoy the game because we're not renowned for, uh, for pushing on through sometimes. So. <laughs> and you, always, you always get to the final, God love you. The Naira Beauty range is going to be available online primarily uh, ahead of that shop opening. It's nyrahbeauty.com. Uh, look, it's, been, it's a wonderful story. Thank you so much uh, for sharing it with us. Well done on, on winning that award and continued success to you and the team in Blackpool. Aidan Corcoran, CEO of Linus Life. Thanks for joining us on Red Business, Aidan. Thank you very much, Jonathan. Nice to join you. Thank you. Red Business. All that's best about business in Cork. Eamon Curtin of the Ignite programme at UCC is with me now. Eamon, happy birthday. Hey, Jonathan, thank you very much for that. Yes, we're, we're, we're really pleased to be celebrating 10 years of Ignite this year. And it's uh, been a very successful 10 years as well. 250 jobs, uh, 16 million raised in funding and loads of new businesses released into the wild. It just shows you that universities have a real role to play in culturing a little bit of entrepreneurship amongst those who are just hitting the world of work. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's two things that we need to consider. On, on the one level, we've got just on UCC campus alone, we've got 100 million euro worth of research activity going on every year. But we need people who are going to bring that research output out into the world, to have economic, social and, and environmental impact with it. On the other hand, we've got 22 and a half students that, again, on the UCC campus, clearly we've more in NTU who are, I'm going to say, have the opportunity on campus to bounce off each other, to come up with ideas, to be innovative, to be creative, to try stuff. So what Ignite is really about is is giving those folks the opportunity to, to test ideas, to try ideas, to harness that research and to have impact. And of course, it's not just about UCC. You do bring in graduates from other colleges and universities as well. So you're trying to bring in some of the best and the brightest to work out a UCC. No, absolutely. The, the, the programme is open to, to recent graduates from any third level institution in the country. And uh, uh, yeah, really pleased to say that we, we get a great mix every year. We're looking at 10 years. So it started just as we emerged from the deepest, darkest recession. Uh, so it, it's kind of gone through Brexit. It's towards hopefully the end of a pandemic. Have you seen that period and the companies coming through reflected in it. Uh, in other words, have you seen change in the type of businesses being brought forward? I think, yeah, we, we've seen changes in the types of businesses, um, no question. I think more interestingly, though, we've seen changes in what is motivating people to bring those business ideas forward. So in the early stages, as you say, 2010, 2011, which is when the first programme ran, it was really a response to support talented graduates who were unable to find jobs at that point in time, to keep them in the economy, to keep them in the region, to support them to start new businesses and create new jobs of, its, of their own. What we've seen since then, I guess, is, is ambition has increased. People are not just looking to create jobs for themselves and their friends, but maybe to go beyond that, to uh, to create high potential startups as, as Enterprise Ireland would have it to want to create tens, twenties, thirties and beyond in terms of jobs to, to raise significant levels of venture capital investment and uh, to have true global impact. So 
Um, if anything has changed, I think um, the level of ambition of the young founders we work with has. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of good technology companies coming through, but it's not all technology. It's it's almost about the application of that technology. You've had loads of real clever med tech kind of ideas coming through, software as a service ideas coming through as well. And every single one of them has the potential to be a global product. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the key thing that we talk to the guys about is scale. Um, you know, how can you scale your business? And what will tend to happen is that the technology will be what allows the business to scale. Um, and the Irish market being the size that it is, scale necessarily involves uh, global markets and, and exporting, which is the challenge then that, that many of our startups have is, is how to sometimes maybe even recognize that the local market is not the starting place um, because it's just not big enough to start and that they, they need to be uh, growing from day one as global businesses. Um. One of the things I've consistently said when I've worked with you guys in Ignite and I've been uh, the host of a couple of your events there, uh, your your award ceremonies, is that when I was in college, uh, which is quite some time ago, Eamon, um, the idea would be that you you, you get your degree now off with you. Um, That's changed, hasn't it? Because the universities, not just UCC, but a lot of universities has realised the value in holding on uh, to students who've got good ideas to help them develop through the university. That, that's that been a game changer, even in mindset. Yeah, but I, I think what's happening is realising that um, uh, there's a far wider range of career opportunities for graduates, so open to graduates um, on graduation, and that one of those career opportunities is being innovative, being creative, starting a business um, and creating sustainable jobs and products and services that can can have impact and and that that is now considered to be a uh, a valid career opportunity for recent graduates when that wouldn't have been the case um 10 or 15 or 20 years ago i know it's not fair to ask you do you have a favorite as it's like asking a parent for a favorite child but have you a standout company uh, that you look back and going well that that's exactly the poster child we want for the ignite program yeah. Um, <laughs> See, I love the way that she said, yeah, they're going, why did you ask me that question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I, I mean, th- there isn't a, a straight answer to that question. Um, we have had some wonderful examples um, and the likes of Sinead Blyle with Antibiotechnologies and Fiona Edwards Murphy with Apis Protect come to mind um, of female uh, PhD graduates that take some aspect of their research and uh, turn that into a global business. We've some great examples of undergraduate students and and say Connor Lydon's um, trust app, where it was a uh, an academic module where they were encouraged to come up with a, a a problem that they could solve that had the potential commercial that started Connor on the road to develop trust trust app, which now has nearly thirty staff uh, and is building a um, uh, an office in 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 Croatia, I believe. Um, we've had wonderful examples of guys like uh, Danny O'Donovan that came with an idea, and Ryan O'Neill with of Legit Fit and Danny's Quick Minutes that came with a problem to solve that they had experienced in their own areas of of interest um, and wanted to build a business out of that. And to be fair, we've had wonderful examples also of people that have come to us with the business to start 
and over the course of the program actually identified that that business idea wasn't going to be the thing that they were going to to develop but took the skills that they had learned and used those into early stage companies so mm. for example some of the people that that were on ignite became a uh, chief technology officers of chief marketing officers or whatever of some of the other startups that we've supported and that all came about through the, the well, networks yeah. and the interaction that they had which is so, which, which is part of the wider education that I'd imagine that you get with it where, where next for it though you've 10 years done now um, can you see this evolving in any way to, to meet a changing need uh, we continue to to I mean the needs change um <laughs> On a, on a regular basis and we continue to evolve the program. We've got specific plans for the next three years, I guess, which which primarily fall on, on are about two things. What are we doing to ensure that the startups that uh, result from the program um, are stronger when they result from the program and, and more likely to survive? So that's about how do we continue to enhance the the, the way that we structure the program, the workshops, the, the the seminars, the guest speakers, and and the mentors that we use, and how can we ensure that the people going through the program get the supports they need at the time that they need it? Um, the second thing is how do we work more with our undergraduate and postgraduate students so that we end up with what I would say is better developed ideas and better prepared individuals that are coming through to um, to apply to ignite. So we're we, we've got um, specific. Uh, in uh, plans around how we in, in uh, develop both of those okay. um, in, over the years ahead. Well, we look forward to hearing all of those companies coming through and, and watch with great interest. And we've spoken to a few of them on the podcast already, those companies that uh, have passed through Ignite and are going on to better and brighter things. Eamon Curtin of the Ignite programme at UCC. Thanks so much for joining us, Eamon. Thank you, Jonathan. Take care. The only show in town for Cork business, Red Business. Climate change, greenhouse gas emissions, temperature increases, all high in the news agenda for the last little while after COP26. And householders are being bombarded with lots of advice that they can do with to live more sustainably. So we thought it would be worth looking at some of the steps that businesses in Cork could be taking to improve their green credentials. Save a few bob as well, which is probably a better incentive. John Drynan is business manager at Electric Ireland, based here in Cork. John, how are you? Great, thanks. And thank you very much for having me on the show. It's lovely to talk to you. Um, we're slow to this, aren't we, in this country? Um, because we were used to doing it one way and our perception was that all the other ways were very expensive. And as a result, we could be doing more. Yeah, certainly. And look, I suppose the whole area in terms of for SMEs and for business in general, the whole area of energy efficiency and savings, you know, it's nothing new, certainly from our perspective. We've been preaching this probably for the best part of four decades. Um, But I suppose you've got a kind of combination of things that are coming together, both on the energy efficiency and the green agenda and sustainability. So the reality is that, um, you know, any effort that you make to try and save energy saves you money and is also good for the planet and, and is helpful to the environment. So, um, you know, from individual business owners, there are, you know, many simple things that you can do. And the first thing that we would always uh, obviously suggest would be to the business owner, you know, examine your electricity bills over the last 12 months, for example, and look to see their, their um, you can see in terms of comparing your MIC level against your maximum demand and there are savings that can be made there and also if you look at your bill and if you see any low power factor charges that they're easily enough to be eliminated on your site you know it's out your local electrician so 
These are kind of general energy efficiency, basic stuff that you do off the top. Beyond that, you're moving into, um, you know, sustainability. And what can you do in terms of any individual items of plant within your factory or in your business premises? And what we see, you know, historically, what's well known as lighting, for example, there are huge savings to be made in changing lighting to LED lights. It's up to 80% savings on lighting alone. And lighting in general for most SMEs is about 40% of your overall costs. So any savings that you can make there is just money straight off your bottom line. The thing is that people are, again, slow to this, right? I, I, I put solar panels on my home and I'm fascinated as to why this isn't being done more widely. And and there are things like that that businesses probably should be encouraged to do more of, but but haven't quite taken on yet. Like the LED thing is, is a no-brainer at this point. Um, anything that produces heat... Um, as a rule, is very heavy on electricity. So, like a simple review of processes could actually result in lower lower fuel bills and and lower electricity bills. Yes, absolutely right. Um, you know, and even moving your usage to nighttime usage because rates are generally any tariff is energy is cheaper at night. Anything that you can you know move your process to nighttime electricity is obviously going to save money. But equally, again, you know, there are simple, you know, tactics that can use in terms of, you know, one one degree less in your thermostat can save you up to 10% savings in the year. So the, the great thing about electricity is that it's ultimately controllable. So, you know, you can buy sensors for your lighting and controls for your heating that ultimately will get your costs down. And always remember in terms of with any capital cost, you know, no, no matter what a business premises will buy, whether it's high efficiency motor or changing out lighting, the running cost of that item of equipment will be far in excess of the capital cost. Yeah. So always look to buy the most efficient, um, you know, energy efficient appliance or uh, process that you can because that saves you money in the long run. When we hear things like the Climate Action Plan and how people are going to have to pay extra in carbon taxes and all of the negativity that tends to surround the conversation, you know, one thing that is always a good idea for business is to take stock of where you're doing and what you're doing and how you're doing it. I would you, I mean, am I wrong in thinking a lot of businesses would probably be surprised if they just stopped for a moment and and considered actively how much energy they're consuming? I agree, absolutely. Um, you know, businesses will always have safety as part of their, you know, if you have a monthly meter, a monthly agenda, safety would be on the agenda. We would always maintain that energy efficiency and energy should be on that agenda. And, um, you know, simple things, many business owners obviously are juggling a lot of plates and, you know, very busy Um but what we would suggest is for them to appoint an energy champion. Nominate somebody in the staff within your company that has an interest, and let's face it at this stage, who hasn't got an interest in energy efficiency and climate change. And for that person, you know, to um, you know, to take steps or whatever they need to try and focus in on energy efficiency. And we have, there's a lot of online tools that can help for that. For example, the Sustainable Energy Authority of Ireland have a great website with, with very useful hints and tips on that. And equally, in terms of on the whole online side of it, we in Electric Ireland, we have a business online, which is a, a portal for our customers where they can interrogate and view and download for easy reports that are there on the system for them to do, review their energy consumption. Um, we have another system called Premium Insights, whereby business customers can do peer compare, peer-to-peer comparisons against similar businesses. Okay. And a lot of hints and tips in that. So there's a wealth of resources there for them online. But the bottom line is we've spent enough years ignoring this 
and it was always someone else's problem and it could be pushed down the road. Is your message today, stop pushing it down the road, deal with it now, because if you don't deal with it now, it's going to hit you where it hurts, which is in your pocket. Yes, absolutely. So you, 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 you've got a combination of factors that have, you know, that have come together in terms of sa- energy efficiency, saves your money. It's, it's economically beneficial to you as a business, but it also you know, supports the green agenda. And I think you know, if, you, if you look further down the line, there, there have been huge advances in terms of you know, decarbonizing the grid over the last number of years. It's decarbonized by more than 50% even you know, in the last figures by CRU in 2020. But I think the holy grail in terms of there's a silent revolution going on in the energy industry and the holy grail of that, I suppose, you know, in the next number of decades would be the development of a hydrogen economy. So you would have seen a lot of reports in the papers about this move to offshore wind energy. So a hydrogen economy, I suppose, in the long term, if you if you visualize a scenario where you've got significant amounts of offshore wind feeding into electrolyzers, which simply convert that electricity and make hydrogen from it. So again, green, clean hydrogen. And that hydrogen is used to fuel transport heavy goods vehicles. It's used in some parts of industry uh, as required. And, you know, even at the moment, you can inject up to 20% of hydrogen into the gas network and, you know, appliances, domestic appliances can handle that. But the long-term vision is to actually convert, you know, that gas network to be running on hydrogen and for that hydrogen to fuel thermal power stations. So effectively, everything is clean and green electricity. And at that stage, really all you want to do is to put a plug on everything because if the grid is that completely green or, you know, as near as possible, technically feasible to get to that amount of cleanness then anything you plug into that would automatically okay. be carbon free and and of course uh, the one thing we have a lot of is wind uh, particularly offshore if we can just harness it in some way uh, we, we'll be as good as the Saudis were with oil uh, back in the day Absol- John Absolutely. Drynan absolute pleasure to talk to you business manager at Electric Ireland all the contact details are on electricireland.ie thanks for joining us John thank you Jonathan take care bye now My thanks as always to all of my guests. Don't forget you can download every episode right now from redextra.ie. Kira McDonough was the producer and we'll catch you on the next one. The only show in town for Cork Business. Red Business.